Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. This is KSL News Radio. We, uh, as we, as we've been following this coronavirus across the state, uh, some of the numbers have been troubling, and some of the numbers have been encouraging. Uh, one of the numbers that we learned just today is that throughout the course of this coronavirus taking hold of the the world, uh, there in the state of Utah have been but 73 total cases requiring hospitalization. Now, that's in the face of 880-some-odd cases, positive cases here in the state, uh, a rate of just over 8% of those positive cases requiring hospitalization. And we learned, unfortunately, that uh, just last week, one such case requiring hospitalization was that of Utah Congressman Ben McAdams. Uh, We spoke, uh, in fact, to his wife, uh, Mrs. McAdams, while he was in hospital talking about uh, how the family is coping and uh, where the thoughts and prayers, of course, are being directed. We spoke to the congressman himself as he was in hospital. In fact, I believe, uh, if I'm correct, we spoke to him the morning before we went into the hospital. Uh, and so we, throughout the, this saga, have been uh, cheering for him, praying for him. And he, though, uh, has great news to report now out of the hospital uh, and is joining us now. Congressman, sir, I'm grateful to you for calling in. How are you feeling today? Thank, thank you, Lee. I am feeling so much better. It was a, a rough, rough ride, as you know, and thank you for allowing me to tell the story a little bit. I think it's important for people to hear how serious this is, but I am I am doing so much better right now. I am virus-free and, uh, and out of quarantine. In fact, I celebrated the end of my quarantine. I went to the post office this morning to send off some stuff that we had to get out, and it's good to, it was just good to be out, uh, you know, still practicing social distancing and being careful, but I do have some immunity. I'm not contagious, and it felt really good to be out there. I'm still, I'm still pretty weak, though. Um, it, it really hit me really hard. So even though I'm virus-free, I have a, a cough that the doctors say will stay here for as long as a month, just, you know, just because my lungs were impacted by this, and they're still recovering. And then uh, I lost over 10 pounds while I was in the hospital, so just um, my body's still pretty weak. I, uh, um, my clothes don't fit, and I'm just trying to eat nutritious foods and, and try and get my body back into shape so I'm not uh, so weak. I do get pretty tired as I move around in that. So just trying to take a little bit slow. I'm working from home, have a lot of uh, conference calls and video conferences and, and, and trying to uh, get out there and, and represent uh, my constituents, but also take a little bit slow and be able to pause and catch my breath. 
I, I was curious about your weight loss. You posted a, a selfie video on Twitter not long after you had been released from the hospital. Yeah. And I've known you some time. And in my last life as a congressional aide, I used to cross paths with you in the hallway quite a bit. And, and you could see it uh, in your face. Uh, your cheekbones much more prominent. You're also sporting a pretty slick, aggressive, rugged beard, uh, which I sure hope you haven't shaved off because it, uh, it makes you look pretty strong. <laughs> Well, thank you. Based on your advice, Lee, and recommendation, I've kept the beard for now. I don't think I'll keep it forever, but I, I have kept it. I just <laughs> it, it started because I had no energy in the hospital to even shave or do anything. And so I grew out that beard, and then I recorded. And people can check it out if they want on my Twitter or my Facebook. I recorded a, a little selfie video as I was had been discharged from the hospital. And so many people had been... Uh, posting on my Facebook and Twitter and, and Instagram, asking how I was. They wanted an update, and I just hadn't had any energy to share anything. So I thought, now that I'm leaving the hospital and feeling really good about it, I'm going to stop um, and, and record a quick video, a quick update for people to let them know that I'm out of the hospital. I'm uh, doing much better, and so I recorded that. And, um, yeah, you can see it. My face is a lot thinner, and uh, and I've got right. that beard to uh yeah show off a little bit. I'm going to keep it for maybe a couple more weeks. I hope someday when I grow up, I'm able to grow a beard like that. L- let me <laughs> let me ask you this. Uh, you you mentioned that you have developed some Im- immunities. W- what, did the, what did the medical professionals tell you about that? Well, they tell me that there's still a lot we don't know about this virus. So um, we're, we're still learning about it, but they said that, you know, my body had uh, developed antibodies and that I would have some, some immunity. The, the virus could mutate, and if it does mutate, just like the flu, uh, then you can catch it again. Um, but that for now, I have some immunity uh, that may be good for a few months. It may be good for a few years. We just don't know, but I do have some immunity. Uh, and still, I think it's just still good to continue to practice the social distancing and take all the precautions that I was taking before and that our governor and our public health officials advise that we should continue to take. But um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm immune and I'm cleared from quarantine. The irony of it all, my family's actually they're doing well, and none of them seem to have come down with it, but they are still quarantined. They have to remain in quarantine for two weeks from their last exposure. So their last exposure to me when I had the virus was uh, the day that I went into the hospital. And so they have to remain in quarantine for two weeks from the day that I entered the hospital, which is this Friday. Uh, so they're quarantined. I'm I'm now the errand boy sent out to run, you know, pick up groceries and go to the post <laughs> office because none of them are able to get out of the house. Are Are you able to co-mingle with them in the home, or do you have separate places? Are you able I to am. exist freely at least within the home? Uh, yeah, I'm able to co-mingle with them. I actually I got I Let me ask you this. Oh, go ahead. on Saturday, and I and I needed to. I remained isolated until Monday, and on Monday I was able to leave quarantine. But now since I have some immunity, I am able to be in the house with them. We have just a moment left. I'm curious about what the day-to-day was like. You spent almost a week in the hospital there. How did you spend your days? You know, for most of it, I was really zapped of energy, not feeling well, and I just can remember staring at the clock, waiting for the time to pass, uh, sleeping or looking forward to falling asleep mm-hmm. again because I you know, was hoping to pass the time. I would talk to my family a few times a day uh, uh, when I had the energy and I'd usually talk to my uh, my staff once a day to get an update from them on, on what was going on and, and what work was being done and give some direction to them. And, uh, and other than that, it was just uh, trying to pass some time. And uh, I you know, had a TV in the room that I flipped channels a little bit, but I got pretty bored of that pretty quickly. And so 
didn't really have the energy to, to do much else. I had a couple of books with me, but no energy to even pick it up or hold a book and read. So it just feels like a week has disappeared well, next uh, time you, with nothing. Next time you, you find yourself with that kind of time on your hands, remember the radio is always an option, particularly between the hours <laughs> of 1230 and 3. A fine new program on KSL News Radio yeah. called Live Mike. I'd invite you to listen. Uh, Congressman oh, Ben McAdams, you. grateful to you for your time. Uh, so happy to hear that you've emerged from the hospital and that you and your family are doing well and reunited. All the best to you and yours. Uh, look forward to speaking to you again sometime soon. Thank you, Lee. And I just want to take one more chance to tell people, please follow the recommendations from our governor, from our public health, health officials. This is serious. It can happen to anybody. So please follow those recommendations. 100%. Amen. We're going to take a quick break here. When we come back, we're going to continue our focus on not the coronavirus, but the race for attorney general. That's the top law enforcement officer in the state of Utah, currently occupied occupied by Sean Reyes. He would like to retain that office, and he'll join us next to make his case as to why here on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.